I'm grateful that Maria and Brandon invited me to their home for an Orange Sox interview about their son Chase, who has chromosomal deletion 9Q. As far as they know, Chase is the only one in the world with this diagnosis, or at least with Chase's severity. Chase is a beautiful, energetic three-year-old, and I was glad I had the chance to meet him. Alrighty, well, it's an honor for me to meet with both of you to talk about your son, Chase. It's just awesome. He has a very rare condition. Tell me what his condition is, Maria. So he's missing part of his ninth chromosome off of the Q branch, and most deletions on the ninth chromosome are on the P branch. So his is rare in that it's on the Q branch, and it's also the biggest piece missing that they've found so far. We found some similar ones, but they're often either smaller, and some of them are inside of his deletion, so they have similarities, but nothing has been the full, exact same as Chase yet. So he is unique in the world, yep. as far as we know. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. So it's called chromosomal deletion 9Q is the official name for it. When did you find out that he had that diagnosis? The diagnosis was, what, 12 days after he was born, but we knew from when he was 14 weeks in utero. We knew that, he, that something was up. We found his cleft lip at 14 weeks. What advice did you get at that point when you were carrying him? The cleft lip, we found out at just like a place in the mall. We went to find out if it was a boy or a girl, just for fun, and they told us he had a cleft lip, and they're like, um, just get that checked out. And so I went to my doctor and told her and she sent us over for our 20-week ultrasound a little bit early, and they found an umbilical abnormality in his cord, and so the ultrasound tech suggested that we do some genetic testing, but that they could only do very limited testing while he was inside, except for doing the amniocentesis, which would be risky that early. So we were doing all of the testing if it was Down syndrome, if it was trisomy 18. And he came back with an elevated risk of Down syndrome, but obviously it wasn't that. So once he was born, they did the full blood panel macro ray, I think it was what it was called. And they found that he was missing a good chunk of his ninth chromosome. Interesting. So um, Brandon, what were your thoughts when you found out that you potentially had a child with a disability. Basically just wanted him to be here as healthy as he could be. I'm not one to dwell on any type of negatives. You know, just get him here and I'm gonna love him however he comes. You know, to me it was really irrelevant. Our main concern was that he was gonna make it, you know, because there was a slight chance that he wouldn't even survive birth. So that was probably my greatest fear. But just to get him here, that was all I cared about. You know, nothing else. <laughs> sure, that's great. Maria, what's been some of the, the hard things that you've uh, had to go through with, with uh, Chase? Probably the hardest is how many things I have to keep track of. Doctor's appointments. Over the course of his life, he's probably had 20 specialists. I mean, we're kind of narrowing it down a little bit probably to 15, <laughs> but we're at the hospital a lot and he has therapies a lot. It's several appointments a week between therapy, hospital, stays, surgeries. He's had 10 surgeries, so it's kind of just a lot that way. 
staying really busy and keeping on top of all of his appointments he's got, but he's an easy kid. <laughs> he's really low-key, he's super lovable, so probably the hardest part for me is just how busy he keeps us. Sure. Does he have a, a GI tube? Yep, he's got a G-tube. Okay. His cleft was pretty severe when he was born. It was bilateral, lip and palate. And so far they fixed his lip and his soft palate, but his hard palate's still open. We're starting oral feeds a little bit here and there, but he does a lot better just being tube fed. In the G-tube. Yeah. So Brandon, um, what are some of the joys? Uh, just actually what you're seeing right now when he's on the carpet and he's in his world and he's happy. You know, that's the best thing in the world, you know, and I know he gives hugs, you know what I mean? Once you hold him and he's in your arms, he's close to you. He'll just grab hold of you and just hold you really, really, really tight. <laughs> and I know that's just his way of just saying, I love you, you know, but it's really just to see him happy, you know, when he's in his own little world and he's smiling and he's making noises and stuff like that. It's just an awesome thing to see. How about you, Maria? What are some of your joys? Same thing. He loves being on the floor. I love holding him. He's just super lovable. It took him a long time to smile, probably like eight months. And so once he started smiling and doing it consistently, that really brought us a lot of joy. Like anytime he smiles now, it still just lights both of us up because it's still far and few in between, but he's doing it a lot more regularly now. Sure. What impact has he had on your family? He's got an older brother as well as maybe your extended family. I remember talking to my dad about it and he was saying that, especially when Chase was still in utero, he was like praying that things would get better and things wouldn't be as bad as it seemed. Every appointment we were finding now, heart issues and brain issues and his auditory and optical nerves are underdeveloped. So he's deaf and blind and we were finding all these things out and my dad finally realized he's like no just he's supposed to be that way and he's supposed to come teach us stuff and that's all he's been doing he's amazing he just teaches us new things every day patience <laughs> you know deeper amounts of love he's got a little brother too and he's 15 months and he just crawls all over chase he loves him to death and you know that they are just best friends that's great you have to go through a lot. You've gone through a lot. How many surgeries again? Ten. Ten surgeries. In each surgery, he's had probably at least five different procedures per surgery. Any others that need to be done yet? Oh, yeah. It's Definitely. Like, they're starting to become a little more in between, but yeah, he still's got some more that he'll probably have to have. Just a lot of cleft work and then He'll eventually need some kind of kidney surgery, probably. His right kidney is pretty much shriveled up and decaying, but um, he's got his hard palate still to be repaired, and then he's got an underbite, so they're going to have to break his jaw and pull it back and a lot of stuff like that. Still a lot of things. Yep, a lot of cleft-related stuff. So that's interesting. If I were to come to you, having received the same type of diagnosis in a child, either in utero or shortly thereafter, what advice would you give me? 
And I'll ask both of you. Brandon, what advice would you give me? Before I answer that, I do want to say one thing. One of the things I, I really enjoyed with him is when his mom was pregnant with his younger brother, and she really had trouble sleeping in the bed. And we slept together every night, probably for about a good month or two months. And we, I feel like we really bonded from that. Because to this day, if he's laying up under me, he, he crashes. You know, and it was just an awesome thing to be able to just to sleep with him. <laughs> Honestly, he's a wild sleeper, but it was really, it was awesome to just to be able to get that bond with him. That's great. So what advice that way? You, but what, any yeah. advice I would give a parent is, you know, you really can't dwell on the negatives. Take it one day at a time. Because with Chase's condition, there was really nothing a doctor could tell us per se of what to expect. You know, so you just have to take each day as it, as it is. You know, and some are gonna be great. Some are gonna be, you know, on the downside, but never think of it as just a total bad thing. You know, I talk to him like he's normal, even though he can't hear. I treat him like he's normal, even though he's not, you know, and I want him to feel like he's as normal as he's supposed to be. And I'm not gonna treat him any other different. You know what I mean? Yes, technically he is special, but that's just my son. And that's all he's ever gonna be to me regardless of whatever his condition is. You know what I mean? But you just, you have to just dwell on the positive because if you're not, the negative will eat you alive, you know? And in the back of my head, I know there's a chance that I may wake up one day and he might not be here, but I can't keep that at the forefront. You know, it's day to day when I see him laugh and see him smile and the time I get to spend with him, that's worth more than anything else in the world. Mm. That's great. Maria, anything you want to add? One thing that stuck out to me that he said was take it a day at a time because I used to be a very structured, scheduled person. And even throughout my pregnancy, he would not allow me to be. Like, I would think I got, okay, I got this under control. I've come to terms with what we found out so far and then something new would pop up. We did not have one ultrasound that just went smoothly. There was always something new that popped up and I just had to learn to take it a day at a time. And now I don't know how I ever lived a structured life because that's just not a reality anymore and it has to be a day at a time. But we actually did have someone come forward yesterday saying that they had something similar. And I was like, are you sure? Because there haven't been any and we haven't found anyone. And She's like, yeah, that's that's what it is. And so we found out that the piece her son is missing is inside of the big piece Chase is missing. So they did have some similarities, but the biggest piece of advice I gave her was to live close to a hospital because that trip will kill you. It's too hard to be far from where your kid needs to be. He needs to be close to something in case something goes wrong. And to have to drive somewhere that far and have your child either helicoptered there or ambulance there, that's nerve wracking. You don't wanna to have to go through that. So I told her, live by a children's hospital. I don't care where you live, you need to be by a children's hospital. It's what's best for your child. Well, you guys are awesome. And he's a doll. I mean, it's watching him, <laughs> he's, he's great. He is indeed. I appreciate you taking the time to meet with me. I'm sure others will benefit greatly from your story. Any last thoughts? Going off of what she said, it needs to be, like you said, a qualified hospital, because we've had issues where we've been to the hospital 
locally and it's not like the children's hospital that he goes to for most of his surgeries and stuff like that. To take the chance to have your child life flighted when you know you can probably prevent that, you have to put him at the forefront of any decision you know, that you make in your life. Every time that I'm about to get a new job, actually I graduate school next month, and the basis of where I work, it depends on him. You know, because it's about whatever he needs. If I have to be somewhere I don't want to be because of him, I'm okay with that. You know, because it's really, you know, all about him. And anybody that even hears the interview, you know, I'm a very open person. I don't have no issues with the person contacting me, asking me about Chase, because I like to educate people and share the knowledge that I have obtained with them because it may help them. You know, I know some people like, you know, they maybe cringe up or don't like to talk about their children with disabilities. If somebody, I've been stopped in grocery stores, oh yeah, what you want to know? If you got a few minutes, I'll tell you anything you want to know. It's no secret and it's nothing to hide. You know, share what you have and hopefully it can impact somebody in a way that they may need to be impacted and give them some assurance, some help, you know, anything. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, a few last words I would say is to know that they will bless your lives more than anything you could ever give back to them. Like, they are amazing people. And they're people. <laughs> they're people. You can't forget that. Like, I cringe when parents are telling their kids to don't stare and look away, don't ask, don't ask. I'm like, no, they're okay. They can know everything about him. Like Brandon was saying, I encourage that. Like, don't teach your kids to look away because they're people. And like once they get to school and they see kids that are different, they're gonna think that they need to look away and not be their friend. And that's not what you want to encourage. And I don't, I know they're not doing that on purpose. That's just something you kind of, it's embedded in you, but don't. That's what I would encourage people to do is ask questions and encourage your kids to ask questions and befriend them. Cool, great, thank you both of you. Mm, thank you. For taking the time.